0: Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Katherine Marino and Gail Zelitsky. Hi,
1: I'm Gail.
0: Hi, I'm Katherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Our mission is to showcase vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. These women lead fulfilling lives for themselves and others. Visit our website, womenover70.com, where you can access all the episodes. We also invite you to join our monthly podcast club, And we welcome speaking to your organization or group on Aging Reimagined. If women aging is a market you would like to reach, consider sponsoring an episode. And finally, if you are an author with a book about women, check out our book promotion opportunity.
1: We're so happy to bring to you today Raven Blair Glover, who is 70 years old and lives in Woodland Hills, California. I've been waiting a long time for Raven to turn 70. I met her at my son, Steve Olsher's New Media Summit in San Diego about a year and a half ago and was immediately taken by her presence. Jack Canfield was quoted saying she's one of the best interviewers on the planet. She's also known as the talk show maven, Raven the talk show maven, and queen of interview marketing and conversion. Clearly a media influencer, Raven is a five-time award-winning show host Best-selling author, founder of Raven International Broadcast Media Empire, and recipient of the 2016 President Lifetime Achievement Award, signed by Barack Obama. Raven, we are really delighted to have you on the show today. And, you know, as a child, you dreamt of being on radio. However, your journey didn't begin until you were 55, while sitting by the ICU at your mom's bedside. Yeah, for over a decade now, you've been committed to your passion of helping others find and own their own voice. So welcome. We're happy to have you.
2: Uh, I am happy to be here. So hello, Gail and Catherine and all your amazing women of power that's 70 and up. How cool is that? (laughs) (laughs) So now, as Catherine said, welcome to the club.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, welcome to the club for sure. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about what prompted your journey at age 55.
2: Well, you know, you kind of said it in the intro. It was... um, You know, I've always wanted to be a talk show host. I guess I started to, or at least be on air, I started having the on-air dream at the age of about 13, somewhere between 13 and 16. There was a radio station in Cleveland, Ohio, where I was being raised, Um, right down the street from my mom's uh, restaurant, it was called Blair House Restaurant, they had three of them. And um, um, the one on Superior, right down the street, was WJMO, and I used to sneak from school to there before I went to the restaurant to... Helped my mom them out and I I was you know like I said between 13 and 16 and I noticed every time I went to the radio station or every time I had the radio on it was like it was the one thing that lit up my mom them were pretty strict I mean we lived in the suburban area went to the best schools they had like I said a chain of restaurants three of them Blair House restaurants so, you know, it was one of those things. If we did anything wrong, the whole neighborhood would know about it because my mom and were so well known there. So they were extremely strict and uh, didn't give us a lot of time. Uh, they gave us love, but not a lot of time because, of course, they had a chain of restaurants and they were all busy. And um, so their time was, you guys get in here and crack these eggs, stir this mix. And, you know, that was the time. So I felt as a kid, I didn't realize, you know, what I had. Of course, I felt um, misunderstood. I felt unheard. I felt uh, overlooked. And those feelings carried on into school. You know, it seemed like I could never be part of the in crowd. I could never do anything uh, good enough. No matter how hard I try, other people were being recognized and I was being passed over. At least this is what I felt overlooked once again at home and in school. I felt much like, um, uh, you know, I the best way I can express it is remember Casper the friendly ghost and he always wanted to get in and they were like go away Casper go away that's how I felt most of my life um and not just as a kid you know those 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 painful moments and and things that our feelings carry on as we're young adults and then you know as adults so I always felt like that and I always was a I thought was an overachiever but I just didn't feel like you know that People took the time to listen to me as I got uh, older. Uh, it seemed like the guys just wanted me to to be arm candy, but they didn't really want me to talk. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sit there on this stool and, and, and be mm. cute and look, cross your legs, look cute in that dress. Don't get up. Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. Mm. And, you know, and I ended up being in a lot of abusive um, relationships and 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 was very scared to speak up. I know Gail, it's almost hard to imagine now, right? Yeah. You can't shut me <laughs> yeah. And then that happened where Mom went to the hospital. And um, you know, I had thought earlier about, you know, taking the FCC test, but I wasn't a really good tester, so I kind of gave up on the. On the uh, radio, dream. As I got older, mom went in the hospital when I was 55 years old. I was working a part-time job, uh, making uh, from home, making uh, ten hours, ten dollars an hour for 20 hours a week. Mother went into the hospital, and as I watched her lay in the ICU unit. Um, they thought she'd be in there for 10 days. She was in there for a little over three weeks, almost four weeks in the ICU only in the hospital wow. for six months before she got out and when she got out she was in the wheelchair. But when she was in the hospital. I um, got on a conference call. I took a call, uh, a course called uh, Teleseminar Secrets. And when I jumped on a conference call, I heard a man say that the quickest way to become an expert is to interview experts. And there's this real cool thing called podcasting. And you didn't even need an FCC license. And you could get mm-hmm. on a conference call, have your guests get on the conference call, even if you didn't know nothing about the topic, but you had passion for it. You could just ask a question to your guests and then zip it i got so excited around around the hospital and said i'm gonna start a radio show i'm gonna start a radio show and it's gonna be called women power and it's for baby boomer women just like me who want more out of life and are determined to get it and i'm going to interview the best of the best and the hospital staff got so excited gail and Catherine, that they said well since you've been living in the icu unit um when your mother is sleeping you're sitting, you're sleeping in the in the ward the ICU ward you're showering you know in her room you literally literally stay in here tell you what the heads of the of the hospital leave around 6 between 6 and 8 in the evening so you can go in our back office Anytime between 10, as long as you're out by six in the morning and you can stay on that computer as long as you like. You don't have to share with all the other people in the ward and be on the computer for eight minutes. And I use that computer. I Google how to do a podcast, how to do interviews, you know, how to do uh, work, tell a seminar and how to reach out to guests. And I taught myself from the hospital how to. Create a show. That was February six, two thousand six. We launched our first show from the kitchen table on free conference call, April twenty third, uh, same year, two thousand six. And that's how my journey began.
1: Wow, <laughs> that that's amazing. It is really amazing. And and I mean, you're just showing that doesn't matter how old you are, right? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. you can absolutely. Find your way,
2: no matter what your age is. Yeah, no matter what. And you don't have to get out all in your head about it. I mean, I don't know. I've never really counted how many weeks that is from February 6th to April 23rd. You know, it's not that many weeks to teach yourself from the beginning how to do this. Right. right, and I, I've been going since two thousand six. A lot of people think podcasting just happened in the last few years. I've been doing this studying and consistently since two thousand six.
1: And and were they radio shows? Were they? I mean, did you? It
2: was it was internet. is the first thing I put up. Um, I didn't even know how to do a website. I I paid nine or ten dollars a month for one of those step by step step put it together yourself web. Site and I believe it or not, I had a white girl on there, and it, that was the heading. It said "Women Power" is a young, and not just a, it was a young white girl, probably eighteen years old. And oh it was God. you know, words was on the right, the the player was on the left. It was all jacked up, but still, I interviewed Montel Williams. But still, I interviewed Lindsey Wagner. But still, with all those mistakes, you know, I interviewed Lisa uh, uh, Lisa Nichols, you know, and Brian Tracy. But people did used to say, is that you? Because the voice and the picture don't quite match up. (laughs) Finally talked me into it. (laughs) And they helped me out. I bartered. I gave them commercials and they helped me straighten out my website. And then eventually we took the audios and put them on a Podomatic uh, and, uh, for the podcasting, but it started off simply internet. I did exactly, uh, what I heard, you know, just get on the free conference call and went, downloaded that. And then I think I had audio acrobat and they had players and somehow we put it together, but I didn't get into all my head. And that's, that's what I want people to understand. I got those big guests with probably less than 500 people. I'm sure the first big guest. That I got, which was Jane Kennedy, who was, uh, uh, I mean, back in the day in the 80s, she was an acclaimed actress, Uh sports announcer, and I think she won Miss America or Miss Universe, one of those things, you know. And um, yeah, and that was when I was young, I used to think I looked like her. You couldn't tell me, you know, I didn't look like Jane Kennedy. You would be my friend if you didn't tell me that I look like Jane Kennedy, you know, and I don't look nothing like her. She's gorgeous. But um, that was my idol. So I was really excited to get that. And And none of them ever asked me how many listeners. None of them never asked me that. They were sold on my story and my passion and my enthusiasm.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Well, you could sell anything, I think, Raven. <laughs> so so you you um you know I wish our I wish our listeners could see you today because you are you have such a presence as I said in the introduction, and you are you know you always wear this hat.
2: And yes, my hat. <laughs> Your
1: hat and you have this long flowing only I'm about beautician on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah that's yeah early and, and and all and um and and you just you stand out in a crowd you really do I mean people notice you and and so it's your enthusiasm is is really it that's what makes you who you are you you um you uh, you told me some a lot of things when we talked together on the phone you said you were a former cnn radio correspondent yes yes uh, cnn and
2: cbs and um and there were other terrestrial ws i don't know warl and then i was also in um in vegas for a while klav but yeah uh, the first um terrestrial um on air job I got. Somebody happened to stumble across a press release we put out uh, that I was interviewing Jane Kennedy, and they love Jane Kennedy, and um, and so they listened to it and and sent me an email. This was early on in 2007, just a year later, and said, "Hey, I ran across your interview with Jane Kennedy, and." Um, they said, I liked it so much. I would love to interview you. So they interviewed me and then we connected so well. They said, will you be my co-host on WARL Yeah. Oh and then later that God. same person um, was able to um, get me uh, into CNN. Okay. And so um, we were able to negotiate me getting into CNN And then uh, CNN later uh, became CBS. So that's why I said I was on CNN and CBS. So it was a good thing for me for them to split off. So now I can get credit for being on both. And I was on there for about two years um, with my own show. I I took careers from the kitchen table there. It was really great. And that's where I learned that... uh, you don't have to keep, you know, well, let me just put it like this. When you're doing a live show in a studio, and your son, of course, knows this for sure, it's Mr. Steve Osher, that there is no redos (laughs) okay you know before i was doing it from my kitchen table on free conference call and i probably spent it was like i spent 30 minutes to an hour doing the interview and then i spent about eight hours trying to edit and you know how you're trying to make it all perfect and stuff and so i learned from being on cnn that you don't have to dot the i's you don't have to cross the t's you don't have to you know go back and edit just speak from your heart your gut and soul and let it flow let it flow feel your way into it and if you make a mistake it's okay turn it into a joke laugh at yourself you know just be on the spot you know be a quick thinker and act because you're live on air so now i brought the lessons i learned from from cnn and cbs to my students, um, as you know, I got a radio network of 35 hosts right now um, and 22 agents. Uh, we just launched the agency. I'll tell you about that later. But I took that lesson saying, you know what? You guys, if you drop something or if something major happens, embarrassing happens, write that time that it happened in the audio on a piece of paper, circle it, come back and just edit that out. Other than that, Mm -hmm. I teach them don't edit a thing because Mm -hmm. you on CNN, CBS, or any of these great on air stations, guess what? What comes Mm -hmm. out your mouth is on the air.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And so uh, tell us more about this radio network now.
2: Well, um, Women Power, let's see, currently we started that in 2006. In about 2011, I met a guy by the name of Khalik. I actually met him in 2007, but both of us was married and uh, we were accountability partners on an online call. So years later, he was divorced and years later after that, I was divorced and somehow our paths came back across and we started dating. So he um, he flew up to Houston and he was in California. And a colleague flew up to Houston and he surprised me one day and he brought all this equipment and he turned my spare bedroom into a radio station. Oh my (laughs) and um, you want to man, I cried. I mean, you know, he turned my bedroom into a radio station because he's a Grammy Award mixing engineer, Mm -hmm. sound engineer. So he brought all this equipment from LA to Houston in his bag. And I woke up the next day. And I went, you know, he says, I want to um, surprise you. And he opened up the door and it was all a whole radio station. I could not believe it. Microphones and all this mixing equipment and uh, sound equipment. It was great. And so that's when, excuse me, we decided that we were going to launch a radio station because CBS had said that we could not use their logo on our site. The recordings belong to the station and not to my guests. And at that time, my guests were paying to be interviewed. They were paying me to be interviewed. And part of that interview is that they could come down and take pictures and, you know, use the, C- the CNN or CBS sign and get the audio. Well, when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because I had people that had paid months in advance. And colleagues said, that's why I did this for you. You're going to start your own radio station. And so we named it Amazing Women of Power. And that was 2000, um. He did that, let's see, in 2011, September 2011. And then uh, in 2018, we changed it to Amazing Women and Men of Power because a lot of guys wanted to be on there. And we have about 35 hosts uh, and we have a podcast network. Uh, We're getting ready to relaunch our radio station because we had paused it for a while and went to podcast after I started being one of Steve's students. I was trying to follow everything Steve said. But I decided recently that we're going to relaunch the radio station. And we now have a TV network on Roku and Amazon Fire. So they get a podcast Mm -hmm. and a TV show with us. And we just launched our agency, Profitable Podcaster Agency, where we have 22 agents that now uh, are able to go from amateur podcasters to professional to making professional income instantly.
1: Mm. Wow. Interesting very interesting. how does
0: that
2: work can you tell us a little more about how that actually works Was that the profitable podcaster agency yeah mm-hmm. yeah um well in during the pandemic we ended up launching two agencies one is for podcasters like I said to help them um, go from not making any money to making income uh, right now we have them making from about 400 to about 5500 and growing. And um, the way it works is I I created a system called Monetize Your Gas, and we trained them how to turn their free gas into paid clients by offering the services in the other agency we built, Mm So after they speak with the guests, they cut the recorder off and say, wow, you know, you were talking about your mastermind that you're launching in a couple months. I'm just curious, how are you promoting that? And then, you know, they just have a conversation with them. Say, did you have you done a press release on it? Oh, OK, well, I'm part of an agency and we can do that for you. And I noticed you say you have you do YouTube videos, you have your podcast and you have your membership do you have a custom mobile app? Well, we can create that mobile app. So we just offer services that our guests are getting anyway. And so that's how we ended up building two agencies. I thought we would be building one, but after I built Profitable podcasts I'm like, oh, now they need products to sell to them. So then we, I went out and interviewed hundreds of fulfillment centers. So we have probably, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 That provides the services so the host Mm -hmm. don't have to do the work. They just Mm -hmm. have to have the conversation. They get all the scripts and everything in the monetize your guest system. And their guests buy it from beyond the interview agency and they get paid 30 to 70 percent commission.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Is this another example of uh, just not getting all into your head and... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I
2: kind of, I kind somebody told me I'm kind of a shooting fire. I don't do much. Need, uh, what Yeah, yeah shoot and fire. I don't have much structure. Like I said, i being locked in in the pandemic. I just decided um, that I wanted to create this agency um, to help podcasters make money as part of my legacy because mm-hmm. um, that's you know I I struggled with that for years and so if I can make it easier for other people, I you know I would I would like to be known for that. And then uh, that's when we found out. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, so we got this agency, but we need products. So then I had Mm -hmm. to um, Mm -hmm. interview and and launch the other one beyond the interview agency. So we built two agencies in uh, the pandemic.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so what's next for you?
2: Well, um, it's funny you should mention that because, you know, you talked about my hats earlier and I don't know if you knew that all those things on top of my different hats our hat covers, we call them uh, Raven's uh, Signature Hat Wraps. And so um, we have gotten a patent on those and we are going, you know, uh, a few years ago. And so I never took them to the manufacturer. So that's my next thing to manufacture my own line of hat wraps where people can take one hat and they can have 10 different looks. Cause these covers, um, you know, like you said I wish people could see um, because (laughs) I could show you when we get off how you, you know, I've got some right by me where we can just put them over, take them off, put another one. Some of them are reversible and stuff. And this came from an idea um, because I got tired of looking for hats. And I used to carry when I would come to different places uh, about seven different hats. If I was going to be there for a week or three or four days. So now I can carry three hats or two hats, the black hat and the red hat and take uh, a zipper bag full of about 10 of these hat wraps that fold and they're washable. And then I can just exchange them out.
1: <laughs> well, people, will, people can see you because they the uh, podcast cover art has your picture on
2: it. So mm-hmm, I probably I'll have a hat have wrap on them. there. Yeah, I probably have a hat wrap on and probably a red one or something. Yeah,
1: right. Right. Well, that sounds like another nice endeavor.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Um, You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. My dream guest is Damon John. And so I'm really anybody know Damon John hook a sister up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Steve
2: Osher hook a sister up just saying <laughs> you know so I will speak that in existence I'm really good at speaking what I want into existence and I'm I really have mastered the art of ask just ask your son He like yeah she asked me to death she asked me for this she asked me for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes right for sure so so with all of this uh, have you experienced any sorts of discrimination or ageism or anything that has given you pause along the way, Raven?
2: Um, I remember one time I used to model years ago, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, I remember I, I just got to Houston. It was in the 80s. And I worked for this company called Ashley Film Productions and I was kind of like heading up that company and I was their their main model. And I was all cute, you know, um, and I was um, getting ready to cross the street to catch the bus because I wasn't driving at that time. And it was a group of, of white guys in a car with their top down. I remember the car was blue and they used the N word. And I didn't go. I know I turned around and went home. That's the first time that anybody said that. I guess I was somewhere in my thirties because I didn't come to Houston until I was in my thirties. And I remember crying. Um, That's Mm -hmm. the that's the main. That's the only time I remember that really hit me. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, you know, I've been blessed. Um, I don't know if it's because of. I I don't know. You know. Uh, If it's because of um, where I live, you know, uh, different places you experience different things. I always chose to live in areas that was that was a mixed community, meaning of all races. You know, I never I never wanted to be the only one. It was kind of like that coming up in school. And I think that's why it was, because remember, I told you my mom Then where We lived in the suburbs area and there was like maybe 50 blacks in our school, you know. So I already had experienced that as a kid, but it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad uh, experience. You know, we didn't I didn't have a lot of that uh, growing up. I've been blessed um, <laughs> since this this past year. You know, has because I'm stuck at home and you know how the pandemic slowed us all down. You yeah. know, I watched more than I've ever in my life watched. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I didn't even realize so much was going on. Yeah. I was just, uh, completely oblivious of, you know, I was working so much, um, as a single parent, I worked three and four jobs to, to make sure my kids went to the best schools and and lived in the best places. You know, sometimes I remember one time working four jobs, you know, just to make the ends meet. And, um, but I hadn't experienced all that. So watching that, all that that happened last year was an eye opener for me, uh, 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 a huge eye opener for me. And, um, it was quite, it was quite scary. It was, um, <sighs> yeah, like I got a lot of calls. People want me to, to be interviewed and stuff, but, you know, I, I just really didn't want to go there with that conversation. Cause to be honest, I was kind of in shock at, at, and, and, and kind of mad at myself for not being plugged into these years, all these years for being so, involved in me and in my life you know and I I would hear different little things on the news but it was different this year you know It was, this past year it was different you know it was like in your face all day and the rioting and and see and and you know seeing people risk their life in fact I don't know if you know this, Gail, but we launched um, last year because of all that that was going on the news and because of the pandemic and because of all the political stuff that was going on, we launched um, something called um, Broadcasters Unite. And we went out there and asked people to um, we asked them to send in a five minute video message that we could Mm -hmm. um, uh, put on the Broadcasters Unite new TV channel. And we took a day, and for 24 hours, we aired nothing but messages of hope and inspiration. um, uh, Live on Facebook and live on YouTube and live on Roku and Amazon Fire and Apple TV. We just aired, aired. And I think we got almost 100 about um uh, 70 or 80 videos and mm-hmm. and you know i did a couple interviews but most of them were people just doing video messages and we're going to do it again probably this spring but and and air it and people loved it it was all mm-hmm. about hope inspiration no politics no nothing just just you know just inspiring people to get through this moment mm-hmm. and that came from me watching that Uh, the news and realizing all the stuff that had happened.
1: You're definitely a woman of action. (laughs) And uh, I think it's terrific that you take what you feel and you do something about it, helping podcasters, helping bring in bringing inspiration for all that happened uh, with the racism issues in, in this last year during the pandemic. I, it just, that's tremendous. Yeah, well, you know,
2: I think I learned early on, we can either just complain about it and talk about it, or find a way that feels right to us doesn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, the type of things I do just whatever, just do something, you know, sometimes it's just picking up a phone and calling people and saying, how's your day? You know, do you need anything? You know, it's just a matter of, we got to do something, you know, we're all human beings. We got to care, you know, and um, I believe, you know, we all have our little gifts that we're blessed with Mm -hmm. and some gifts are bigger than others. And some gifts is just that kind smile or, you know, those, those nice eyes that a person has, you know, that that can just lift up your day. So I'm just doing my part. Um God bless me with with uh, uh you know creating a uh a podcast or an internet radio show from a hospital that's turned into a uh pretty much a a media and broadcasting empire now. And mm-hmm. you know, I just you know pinch myself, you know. I went from feeling like Casper to being recognized by uh, the president of the United States, you know, (laughs) the black president, you know, me, you know, so, yeah.
1: (laughs) Tell us how that came about. How did that come about? Lifetime Achievement Award.
2: Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, My husband and I, my son had bought us um, a ticket for our anniversary anniversary. Um, December of 2016 to Hawaii. And so we had been there for three weeks or so. And I promised myself I wasn't going to check any emails uh, until it was time close to go home. So I think it was like maybe um, two days before I checked my email and I was going to clear out some stuff and see what I could do on the plane and all that stuff to get ready for the trip. And this email uh, said, second request on the subject line, please respond ASAP. And it said you were nominated. You've been nominated for the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. We've been trying to reach you. You know, we need to know if you accept this nomination. And if so, there's some things we need from you. And, um, you know, so that we can get your award if accepted, Um over to to President Obama, and he can sign it before he leaves office. Now, remember, I said in December, right. and they kept referring to he'll be leaving office, I think, around the 16th or something like that of January. And all, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is a joke. Who's sending me this freaking joke? I was pissed. Because I was like, yeah, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I was like, I'm so sick of getting this email. My son, he looked over my shoulder. He said, mom, do you see what that says from the president? I'm like, yeah. I said, yeah, right. Blair, that's my son's name. Yeah, I, me, I'm getting you know nominated for a presidential lifetime award. This is a joke. And so my son said, let me see. He scrolled down. He said, there's a phone number. Let's call. So I called and it was not a joke. <laughs> they said, yes, you have been nominated. This is for real, but this is what we need. We need some information on you. And we, we need it like yesterday, you know, wow. and they kept reiterating the date. So guess what I sent them? What would you send them? I sent them one of the one sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what they did? They sent it back and said, "No, (laughs) ma'am, this will not work." And what the heck is this? (laughs) You said you need an infant. No, ma'am, this is for (laughs) a presidential lifetime achievement award signed by the president of the United States. We need a little bit more information than that, you know. (laughs) And so I had to hustle up all this stuff. And anyway, so then they they sent it to me. They said, "Congratulations." Um, When it was given out by one of the business uh, advisors, I think that's what they had during that time. And um, they could either mail it to me or I could walk across the stage, but I would have to go to to Atlanta and be part of a ceremony with 50 people that walk across the stage and I get pinned. And I'm like, oh, heck no, if this is real. I'm coming to Atlanta. Baby, pack your bags. <laughs> so we have it all on video where they said on behalf of the, what was he, 44th president, I believe, of the United States, you know, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, thank you for your service and for all you've done for your industry. It, you know, I'm so glad I got the video. And guess what? It was a couple of my hosts that lived in Atlanta. So when I told them, they all met me there and cheered me on. It was the, the most amazing thing. Imagine feeling like Casper <laughs> and getting a Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award.
1: Right, right, right. Wow. So, you know, when I count the, the years in 15 years, look at what you've accomplished. 15.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 15 years. But it, but you know, it was a lot, it was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of crying. I went through a a difficult marriage. Um, You know, there were times my ex-husband would put sticky notes on my computer um, saying, I want a divorce. And I remember one time, you know, he came home for lunch. He was a bus driver and He was ranting and raving about something I can't remember but when he left I remember being on the floor curled up under my work desk crying and then the phone rang and I said this is Raven and he said Raven hi, this is Jack Canfield. I'm calling in for an interview. And I had to snap out of it just Mm -hmm. like that. And right after the interview with Jack, he sent me an email saying that it was one of the best interviewers. uh, 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 Because the interview you read, the one you read was the second testimony he got me when he said um, you're Mm -hmm. one of the best interviewers on the planet. But the first one, he just talked about the interview and it was nice. And he sent me an email that he sent to Mark Victor Hansen, where he bragged about, he was being, he had been interviewed by me and recommended that uh, Mark Victor Hansen be on my show. So I can't, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can, and I just, I mean, I was crying, literally crying up under my table, curled up, feeling feeling so beat down, and Mm -hmm. I had to snap out of it just like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It It was a rough journey. And mother, of course, was in and out, back and forth to the hospital. She ended up Uh, in a wheelchair, you know, I always tell people she walked in looking like Lena Horne because my mother was very, very, very gorgeous, very, you know, dress, you know, stylish. And then she came out in a wheelchair and and very weak and stuff. But she lived for six more years. She got a chance to hear me interview uh, uh, Fran Drescher and Les Brown and, you know, a lot of her favorites uh, Mm -hmm. before she passed you know so but and um, my first book broadcast your passion of prophets I put her poem in there and the, the, my favorite picture of her and I and so I made sure she was a published poet before she passed and so that, made really sense.
1: that, that that's wonderful Catherine did you have any last comments
2: well I, I just kind
0: of want to go back to the to your original podcasting when you're interviewing kind of star power and Uh, what impact do you think the the, hearing those stories and their messages would have on sort of regular listeners, sort of the rest of us?
2: You know what? I don't think I was even thinking that. I was thinking more like, you know, this podcasting thing, it's a lot of noise out there and I need to, to push this out quickly. Mm -hmm. I need to, master this quickly. I need to be known as this because remember I was making ten dollars an hour working 20 hours a week. Because and how can I help my mom if I can't even help myself? She had medic Medicare and not Medicaid. We found out okay if you don't have both, you know, and or some savings or something, you're not going to make it. You know, and my mother then had a chain of restaurants. I didn't want to see her um you know going too much further beneath what mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what she had put all this work true, in and it true. was time for me and one of the instructions that I got when I was in the chapel praying that I feel came from God was your mother's going to be okay but you're going to need to step up show up and grow up step mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. meaning step up and do something That's going to change your life because you can't help her if you can't help yourself Mm -hmm. show up. You're going to have to do something really humongous because you're 55 years old making $10 an hour. You know, she's 70 something. She needs you not yesterday. Now, you know, um, she's been there all these years for you. You got to show up big time and do something that's going to make a huge difference and grow up. Was um, take a good look in the mirror, as Michael Jackson used to say, at, at, at why you're in this situation. Why are you making $10 an hour, working 20 hours a week at the age of 55 when your mother and dad bust their butts at those restaurants and had you in the best school? You wore the best clothes. You were set up for success, and it's nobody's fault but yours. So it's time for mm-hmm. you to step up, show up, and grow up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> A wonderful note. Powerful. <laughs> wow.
2: Well, so in you. answer to your question, I just was trying to, I went for the celebrities so yeah. that I can push myself out there. Of
1: course. Yes. The big vision. And yes. You, and you did. Well, Raven, thank you so much for sharing your
2: story with us. We really You're welcome. thank you, ladies, for having me here.
0: It was a delight. Thank you. Yeah. And listeners, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Become an active participant in our community through the Facebook group, and no matter your age, participate in our monthly Zoom gatherings. You'll find everything you need to know about our Women Over 70 community on womenover70.com. And we'll see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at WomenOver70.com.